what is up? You have found We Like the Blazers. I am Brandon Goldner. Over there is Ryan Whitledge. And with us, we have a special guest. We started a podcast together called The Trill Casters, and he now hosts with Chris Burkhart. It is the Hood Ribble Gorilla Team Beltler Smith. <laughs> What's up, man? What's up? The Hood River Gorilla. I will take that all day. I like that. Can I can I adopt that? Can I just kind of like uh, consume that into the identity? Because I uh, that's a that's a title, sir. I like it. You might have to fight Joel Prisbilla for it. I don't know what he's up to, <laughs> but like, yes, you can have it. It's uh, considered a gift for me. I'll take Hood River Gorilla. Like, we, we, we got this. We're going to divide it up. <laughs> It'd be pretty frightening to go to Hood River and see a gorilla. Uh, yeah, man. How are you? I'm good. Thank you guys for, so much for letting me come on and join you, man. It, it's always lovely to come and guest on another pod as opposed to trying to host and edit and do all that for our own show. So I, this is this is the ideal where I can come in and talk with you guys and then just walk away. <laughs> they say all the stupid crap and it's his job to make it. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, and Ryan, you know this, like I do very minimal editing. Keith, the editing you do on the Trailcasters is pretty admirable. You take your time with it oh. and you can tell. And for us, it's kind of like I run the audio and if there's a gap i'll close it but that's about it so no sweat um i'm just we don't, I just have, we have, don't have a soundboard with nine thousand noises that we have to work <laughs> <on>. so, <laughs> we don't hey i love my sound effects man i'm old school radio like that I, it's just just the flavor flavor the flavor for the uh you know our, our pod is not everyone's flavor but if you enjoy it I'm, I'm gonna go i'm gonna go to a thousand percent for it so <laughs> i think it's dope i mean i feel like it's sort of like it reminds you of when they used to do like musical scoring for movies back in the day and they would be like playing stuff live to like i don't know match the action of what's happening on screen i feel the same with listening to your pods like you guys are talking and there's stuff that accentuates it so i don't know i've always appreciated it um one quick thing I just have to say, I do, I said it before, I find it hilarious where it's like, I feel like I'm in full sun, I'm wearing a tank top, I'm tan, <laughs> my hair is bleached, and both of you guys are hunkered down like suckers in the Northern Hemisphere in the middle of winter, Deal with ice, deal with snow. Did I see something's gonna snow in Portland like in the next couple of days, or is that just some yeah. Oregonian? I don't, I don't know. I'm I'm driving to a cabin up in Mount Hood tomorrow, so I'll find snow regardless. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna be there. Look, I'm up here near Mount Hood already. We've got we've got snow warnings tonight. I, I have I have people in town here saying, "Hey, look at those clouds. It's gonna snow." And other people be like, "Lies. It won't snow till Saturday." Because apparently here, no one trusts the weather predictions. They just know their own know their own mind as far as oh, those clouds, those ones have snow, or they don't. <laughs> <laughs> you have the guy sitting on his porch who's like, ah, my knees tell me a storm's yeah, coming. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, I mean, that, that's me. That, I, I'm the I was going to say, okay. I'm, that, my knees do that too. I'm old enough. It's... <laughs> Y'all are, none of us are old enough. Just because we're all older than the Utah Jazz head coach does not mean that we're that old. <laughs> Kevin Hardy, he's what, 35? That's insane. Like, just that's to say. nuts, dude. As a head coach, uh, that's incredible. I think I'm yeah. the same age as Dan Lanning for the Ducks. That's Fair always enough. depressing. Wait, Keith, do you mind? I mean, I never ask a lady her age, but uh, how old are you? I forgot. You're you're not. You're, we're the, aren't we the same age? I'm 38. Yeah, I'm, yes, I'm yes, okay. 40. I'm not yeah, quite okay, yeah. John Curry, but I'm I, I'm almost there. Yeah, Fair I'm enough. still the baby. I'm still the baby here. You are. Uh, I love it. All right. Well, that, you left that's your ex wife for a younger model. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, just kidding. Uh, I'm sure she's doing great. Uh, let us get off this derailed train. Ryan, what the hell are we starting with today? There's a lot to talk about just to say. I also, like, before I hand it over the, to you and to Keith, I think the timing of recording this is perfect because, as the name of the show implies, we like the Blazers. We want them to do well. We want to feel positive. We want to feel the vibes. We don't want to complain about shit, although complaining can be fun in moderation. But I like feeling good, and I think that there's like no time to feel better than when your team's best player blows up. I will not ruin whatever you have on the agenda, though, Ryan. Uh, yeah, where are we starting today? Well, uh, on that, because you like starting on happy things, we're going to uh, start with the passing of Bill Shonley. How are you going to pivot this? And all, uh, respect, uh, all respect to Bill Shonley, who is obviously a legend, but like, I, I'm, how are you going to pivot this, Ryan? Be a pro. Let's see it. I'm just going to let it hang here. Wow. <laughs> just let this is out. incredibly awkward. So that Keith, bail us out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, like, I mean, uh, <laughs> bingo, bango, bongo, uh, lickety brindle up the middle. Got to make your free throws. Those are all amazing sayings, and not one of them is even what Bill Shonley is most known for. 
Rip City, all right, motherfuckers. Uh, are we allowed to swear on this podcast? I, yeah. That was a direct quote from Bill Shonley. Actually, the, the <laughs> motherfuckers part is little known, but he said it on broadcast. <laughs> Wasn't there, I mean, honestly, to be, and look, I mean, Bill would say the show has to go on, so even if something awkward happens, we better just keep going, and I think that he would respect that, by the way. But I think on um, the Blazers' balcony with Casey and Brooke, they told a story about how he was like getting food or something in the media room. And someone was trying to give him shit. Like you're not a member of the media. Cause he was at that point, like a team ambassador. And mm-hmm. did, do you guys hear this? He said something yeah. like, you know, I'll, I've been Bill Shonley. I'll do whatever the fuck I want. And everyone's like, Oh yep. yeah, probably. Yeah. So yeah, that, yep. that is a confirmed story for sure. Is he, is he, he, he knew how to, uh, he knew how to use his gravitas and he wasn't afraid to do so. <laughs> He'd tell you about it. Yeah. Um, like if I can just real randomly just throw in my own kind of a, a, a story as well. My wife and I, Abby, we went to a fan event through the, through Rip City United just a little. I, I, I say I want to say just a little while ago, but it was a number of years ago at this point. Obviously, COVID has completely messed up my whole uh, ability to tell time and and yeah. relative time and the rest. But uh, at a fan event through RCU. They had uh, stations all around the Rose Garden, right? And there was a station with the trophy on a stand. And Bill Shawnee was there with the trophy. And so, like, oh, my God, you get to hang out with the Shawns and get a picture of you and the Shawns with the trophy. We're there, and Abby is in between Bill and I with the trophy in there. And she starts to maybe lean on the stand of the trophy a little. And security's like, no touching the trophy. No touching. Get your hands off. And Bill looked at them, like, glares at them, looked at her. You can touch the trophy if you'd like to. And so we have the, the picture that we have. The picture that we have is her full on touching the trophy, smiling at the camera, and him playing oh. the camera and be like, take the picture. Like he he was fully just like he's just, just such a good guy, you know, like where he's he's so much about the he was he was so much about the fans and the experience that you went through as a fan. There, there is no better man. The, the mayor of Rip City. I, I, I don't. No, again, not trying to get too heavy. Not trying to take over from you, Ryan. But uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think there's any way that he gets ever replaced. He will live on forever in all of our hearts. And and the the dude was just a one of one. And uh, you, you, yeah, you, you got to feel for the loss. But man, does he leave us with a lot of great memories. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's weird for us too, because like in our generation, we don't know him as well as the generation before us that was all fans. And so we, we, we know him mostly through the legend, obviously through having heard his catchphrases, I think his he called his last game in Portland in uh, 1998. So, I mean, like we're, you know, we're not babies, but we're not, you know, young enough to fully appreciate it. And, you know, as, as, the years have gone on. And then obviously, I mean, like his favorite thing to do as an ambassador was still wander that concourse and take a picture with every man, woman, and child that ever, that ever asked. I don't think That's I ever heard him say no or whatnot. The one thing that always uh, struck me, he had an incredible memory because I remember I met him three times, like two years apart. And like the first time, you know, introduced myself, never, never, had met him prior or come across him prior. The second time I met him, he paused and he was like, Ryan. Right. And then the third time, like two years later, full on remember. And I was like, dude, out of all the people that you happen to meet, just especially wandering this concourse and everything. And for all the events that you do to like, be able to compartmentalize that and just pull, you know, Oh, Hey, I've seen you before. Okay. I should probably commit your name. Did that. That was, that was, that was amazing to me, but I, uh, I do have a question for you out of all of his phrases that he's known for, which is the one that sticks out the most to you? Oh man. It's, it's tough not to go with rip city. All right. Just because it is so iconic not even just a basketball phrase at this point, the world over knows what rip city is. Like that, that is, it's a branding thing well beyond just the sport of, of basketball. And that's all Sean's man. It, it was even, I, th- I think what it came from initially was it was a baseball phrase is what he was almost referencing when it just kind of came out and became this thing, rip city. All right. And even, you know, from there you go with rip city baby and, and how it's just become again, rip city in general. There, there was a time where the team was telling local businesses, no, you can't use Rip City. That's our thing. They wanted to kind of keep it as in, in-house, essentially. And even for the, the idea that over time that changed, where now all across the 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 you know greater area of Portland, you can find references to Rip City in in business and cultures and all the rest. It's it's the 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 effect has been undeniable. It, it, and that is absolutely all 
stemming back from this guy. What was your question again? I already am getting lost in the kind of the nostalgia. <laughs> what's, <of it. laughs> what's, what's, what's your, uh, what is your favorite, uh, uh, Sean'sism yeah. that he's known for. What, what do you think? That, that was the correct answer. And look, I know it's it's like yes, it's the thing he's most popularized for. But yeah, it's ubiquitous. Like Rip City now, it doesn't just mean like Portland. It doesn't just mean the Blazers. It's like this entity of people who are passionate about their team and who care about it. And just that kind of that exuberant natural excitement, which is what made him blurted out in the first place. I mean, that's it also that's the kind of thing that like doesn't really happen anymore. Like there's so much forced branding and so much of like catchphrasing and branding is about, you know, capitalism and selling things and brand recognition. And that's all well and good, but, but yes, it is rip city. And I'll just say too, like the moment where Dame grabs a microphone from Mark Mason and screams rip city. Like, I mean, it was already, that was already the phrase. And now that's connected generations where it's like now the franchise player has obviously, you know, adopted it. But yeah, I mean, it's Rip City. Ryan, I'm curious if you're going to try to be like super hipster, like sip in on like a Portland latte and say that it's something else, because that is the right answer. Honestly, I do. I do have something else. Oh, my God. Of course. All right. Let's hear this bullshit. Standard <laughs> TV and appliance. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, my God. That's pretty classic. I mean, like, that's the thing, though. Like, even like, again, beyond Rip City, the phrase, you got to make your free throws, gets echoed constantly around here, mm-hmm. especially nowadays when we like it's it's a, a yeah. matter for the team. This last Sunday, when they were doing the Sean's tribute after his passing against the Lakers, uh, I, I mean, I, the number of times pregame that I heard fans say, okay, we better make all of our free throws tonight. It's like, okay, come on guys. Like, let's, let's not be crazy here. We made nine to 10 that night. It still went really well for us. And it, you know, like, again, you want to get into deeper cuts here. Lickety Brindle up the middle, bingo, bango, bongo. If I could hear bingo, bango, bongo happen more often, I would not be unhappy. If I could hear that every game, if we could find some reason to say bingo, bango, bongo every game, like, let's do it. Let's just lock it in. Like, just make it one more uh, homage to to the to the legend here. Uh, at this point, just the the more reference to which itself is now its Only own back, podcast. Yeah. Like, yeah, I absolutely. Mean, so many. It's I, I I mean I don't know Ryan where he wanted to take this, but one more kind of interjection that Sean's was. I mean, he was an ambassador in the truest sense of the word that he cared about the team, cared about the city. And Keith, you already said it, but like genuinely gave a shit about people and experience. Yeah. And like, I mean, even the story with you and Abby, like wanted to make sure that people were like living their dream and having a good time. And the fact that he was up at the pines on the 300 level, like I lament that I never took the time to like go and actually meet him when he was there. Why? Because he was surrounded by 7 trillion other people who also like me (laughs) wanted to meet him. Like, like he was a draw, like, I could eat. I was thinking about this on my run today for some weird reason, but like I could see people who lived in Portland who like, ah, like, are we going to go to this blazer game? Like it's rainy. Like the team isn't doing well or whatever. Like it's a crappy team. And like, even just the possibility of getting to meet Bill Shonley, that's a draw. And like, I just, I don't know if there's any better encapsulation of an ambassador than Bill Shonley or there ever could be, but yeah, he was legitimately the real deal. And it's sad that he's gone. Yeah. Well, the one thing I will say, and and this, I hope this doesn't come across as harsh, but I, I always hate when people say that, um, the, it's sad that someone's gone, especially when you get to the age of 93, I think at mm. a certain point in time, you have to give them a tip of the cap that they hung around and they won life for that long. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. and if there's anybody who very much got every bit of enjoyment out of his 93 years on this earth, it would be the Sean. So I like how yeah. you're making me feel like shit for missing someone. Thanks, Ryan. Only you. <laughs> no, I get. I, I totally get what you're saying. And like, I mean, he like, uh, yeah. Talk about living the fullest possible life. Sign me up for that. Like that. He, we we should all be so lucky. So yeah, I, I get. I just give give you shit. You're right. I totally understand your point. And 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 just like we've been saying for a second too. Uh, not to you know stick on this too long, but uh, you need to be that kind of person to pass on the kind of the, the love and the passion that he did to everyone around. And like we're saying everyone he met in the hall as the rip city ambassador. Well, after the 
uh, actual on mic work that he did for 2,500 plus games, a massive number of Blazers games over the years. Uh, beyond all that, for just being the Rip City ambassador that he was, every fan that he interacted with, it was it was always special. There, there was no one out there that that didn't respect who he was, didn't know who he was. And even if you didn't know exactly, what, like if you were some casual fan off the bat, if he came up to you, there was a gravitas, there was an energy about him that just you you couldn't look away. You know what I mean? Uh, I if I can tell one other story real quick, that like the one other interaction that I had with Bill Shonley at the draft party for Damian Lillard back in what 2012 or whatever that mm-hmm. was. My dad and I were at the at the draft party for that, decked out in blazer gear, head to toe. We're we're hanging. I think we were actually like had just finished getting drinks as we're kind of preparing for the draft pick to happen. We turn around and there's Bill Shonley. He's just walking along the concourse, like hanging out, like saying hello to different fans. He sees us. I see him, and in my head, I'm like, "Oh my god, Bill Shonley! I I need to like you know say hi, get a picture of this guy." None of that came out in words. I was almost kind of dumbfounded, like, "Oh, Bill, uh, my my dad, Bill, dad!" Like uh, trying to say, "Yeah, exactly." Are you my dad? And he looks at us, he looks us up and down and goes, can I get a picture with you two? Like, like he, he beat me to the punch. You know what I mean? Like, like before I could ask him for a picture, he's like, I know what you want. And, and does it himself. The dude was an absolute legend and just, just everything you could possibly want in a brand ambassador uh, for something as, as just universally loved as rip city. I think that's a good spot to leave that one. Sorry. So one not. more. No, just kidding. <laughs> Son of a bitch. No. There's a lot we can say. I mean, there you is. know, we could go on, man. <laughs> yeah. So next on the list, and Brandon, I'll kind of let you take the, uh, the lead with this. Cause uh, I didn't get to see most of this, but uh, Dame had a very historic night last night. And uh, I just, before we kind of get into the details of, of how it came about and how it looked, I just want to rip off some things here. He's the first player in NBA history with three career games of 60 points, five assists, five rebounds, second 50 point game just this month. Uh, he is the third oldest player in NBA history with a six, 60 point game uh, joining Kobe and Curry uh, fourth 60 point game of his career tied for third most uh, all time behind Wilton Kobe uh, fourth player to score 60 points on 70% shooting in NBA history, fourth player in NBA history to have a 60-point game while attempting 10 or fewer free throws, joining Chamberlain, Carmelo Anthony, and Rick Barry, 14th, 50th, or 14th career 50-point game, tied with LeBron James for second most among active players for that many games. James Harden leads that, and it's the 20, con- and he scored 20 consecutive points to close the third quarter in doing it. Oh shit. So you took all my notes. Thanks. <laughs> no, I mean, that was, I mean, that was one of the most dominating effortless 60 point performances you could ever see. Not that they happened that much. I mean, I think that what did he was responding to Jason quick. He called it simple, uh, just a simple 60 point game. <laughs> um, I, so Ryan, you said you didn't watch the whole game, but I know that you watch at least part of it. And Keith, I'm certain that you watch too. Like, Oh yeah. Uh, I like, uh, so there's a lot we can say about this. I mean, even in a season where scoring is completely off the charts, that was like against a pretty good team, right? Like that was pretty healthy, uh, a team, a game that they needed to win where they needed his points. Um, at the end of the thing that jumped out at me, I want to kick it to you, you guys, what you thought about this or what jumped out to you. What jumped out to me was looking at the end of the game and how he got his last maybe six to eight points. He, the, the, the Utah jazz did not want him to score. They didn't yeah. want him to get to 60 or, or whatever it did. They, they were swarming him and it's not, not garbage like the, time. They were, they were trying to defend him. They were going for it. Right. Exactly. Only took and him it's, three quarters to figure out to double team him, but <laughs> which uh, you could, okay. Yeah. You're right. And you could say like, maybe you should have been paying attention before that, but like eventually they were. And the thing that jumped out to me is this is a 32 year old Damian Lillard coming off of a season that he was out for basically the whole thing with this core injury. And he is blowing by guys. He's driving to the basket. He only got to the line 10 times, which is just nuts. Yes. And then he had a, it, it was, it was whistled off. Cause I think he was either fouled right before something happened, a dunk in the fourth quarter when he had already scored 50 some odd points. Like the thing that was most encouraging about this wasn't that he scored 60 points. It was the confidence that he's going to do it again. He mm. looks so good. And I, as a Blazers fan, knowing, in, at least in my opinion, the most important thing about this season and probably next season, maybe even the season after is how Damian Lillard looks. 
this was insanely encouraging to see how he did it. So that was like my big emotional takeaways. I do this with my hands, probably not going to go on YouTube, but just describing it for the person who's listening on the podcast, but either Ryan or Keith, I'm just curious what jumped out to you about the fact that he scored 60 points, but yeah, what jumped out to you about that performance? Go ahead, Keith. It, it wasn't just the 60 points though. Uh, I, I, okay. So, so uh, Ryan, you mentioned, only Kobe and Wilt have scored have only Kobe and Wilt have had more 60 point games than Dame so far. Right. Dame's in like a three company. or four way. <laughs> Dame's in like a three or four way tie with LeBron and, and what MJ and a number, a number of others. I think mm-hmm. when he was told post game, only Wilt and Kobe have scored more than you. Uh, and Wilt has 32 60 point games. Kobe has six. Dame has four. Dame goes, well, I ain't catching Wilt. <laughs> and like, and like he's coming for Kobe's records at that point, man. It's just, it's that's, that's such fire as far as the, the reverence that people have for Kobe's abilities. Dame's up there. He's in mm-hmm. those categories with him. And if we can even go more kind of localized for the Blazers numbers, um, Steve Davies, you, you guys know the Blazers collector, Steve Davies, yep. Yep. he put out, I think last night on Twitter, uh, 21 times a Blazer has scored 50 or more. 14 of those times have been Dame. <laughs> the entire rest of the Blazers in history that have scored 50 plus Dame's doubled them on his own. That is just insane. As far as like he is, he's so, this is not just some star dude. This is not just some guy who's going to be replaced by Anthony Simons or Shane Sharp or the next like dude we have come along that becomes a superstar. Dame is a one of one. And beyond that, even this season, Dame scoring, he's averaging 30.1 points a game on 63.7% true shooting. That's those are career bests. He's 32 years old. How many dudes are you expecting to be in their prime, like hitting their best numbers of their career at 32 years old? And it's not like he was some scrub earlier in his career either. He's been putting up numbers the entire time uh, he's been in the NBA, and he's doing it better now than ever before. It's just it's insane. It's 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 wonderful to watch, and it's very cool to be here. Go to every game you can, fans, because this stuff is special. It's not going to happen again. Then stay till the end. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes, yeah. please. Like, not, oh my God. I can't. Uh, uh, okay. One, one more stat. Let me just throw one out here. Cause I, I had one more thing written down about it. Uh, all the players, 80 plus 80 games that players have scored 60 plus points in the history of the league. Only four times to- or five times total. If you include Dame, only four other players besides Dame have scored or have had a, what am I trying to uh, only four other players besides Dame have had eight or more assists while scoring 60. Dame oh yeah. Out, I, I think, Ryan, you mentioned the 65 and five last night. First player mm-hmm. to do that kind of thing. It's it's just unique. This guy, he's not just putting up numbers at an insane efficiency, but he is doing it for the team. Like you mentioned as well, the, the dunks late in game. Lillard has a habit of setting other players up early uh, and maybe kind of taking his shots late in the game, uh, like later on as, as things kind of went down. This is just He's not sitting here trying to get his own. He's not, he's not sitting here trying to, you know, make sure he puts up his, like, he's not padding stats. He's doing this for the team for wins, trying to make everyone else around him better. And he's still managing to get 60 plus points, eight assists. And just, just it's, it's nuts. It is wild. That's, you know, I mean, I, it, it's great too, because, you know, you, you hear some of Billups uh, post-game comments where, you know, he's like, ah, I was thinking of taking him out at the end of the third. Cause he, you know, I, di- I didn't want him to get too tired. And apparently half the guys on the bench are like, what are you doing? Like, uh, like Gary Payton's <laughs> like, no, leave him in. He's on a heater. Just go. And he's like, but man, if this ends up being a close game and I need him down the stretch and, and I'm going to get grief. Cause I'm playing him 45 minutes or whatever. And he's like, nope, just all right. Gotta go. I'll trust my guys on it. I mean, and this kind of pivots into something else too. I noticed this, that, I mean, how much, I mean, his, he had eight assists pretty quickly. I think that he may have had eight assists at halftime, even like at least in the third quarter, like, like it was, it was, it was pretty fast. And the thing that I'm thinking about is this. And I know that this is not a trade pod is my cat czar is swiping at the door, trying to come in my guy. Uh, love him. (laughs) Fuzzy, cute. He's got to leave me alone. I'm recording. Um, the thing I'm thinking about is this, I mean, Damian Lillard to your point, Keith, he often wants to set people up. He wants to feel out the defense and then he gets going. I think what Dame has realized and, and also they have a coach now who wants to play differently than the previous coach. And, you know, when he was hired, he was like, well, you know, I want, you know, different kind of offense, more people involved, like Dame's going to do different stuff. Okay, fine. I think what, what Dame demonstrated last night, whether he wanted to or not, is that this roster is flawed still, which we all kind of know. I know this is not a trade pod, but that 
I would like to see him just take over immediately because I totally understand the point of like, let's get other people going. Well, you know what else gets other people going when the entire defense is sucked in and focused on you because you are annihilating them. That also gets other people going because it gets them open. And I just have to say one more quick thing because I love talking shit, which is, and I, I love Mike Richmond. His, his pod is excellent. And I also love Nate Duncan, who is my favorite NBA podcaster. He's the only podcast I actually um, pay for. However, Nate Duncan was on locked on blazers with Mike Richmond. And he said something which Mike agreed with, which got my hackles up. It was this that Damian Lillard has been given a fair shot with his rosters to succeed. Bullshit. Bullshit. Damian Lillard has, as the number one option, has played with either CJ McCollum or Anthony Simons, which anybody in the world would tell you is not optimizing Dame's skills. So for those two guys to sit on their ivory podcast towers with all of their ad revenue and try to tell me that Dame has been maximized with the roster, it's completely preposterous. And like, I just, again, like, I think that where the Blazers are now, like, I would not mind seeing Damian Lillard just go ahead and take over immediately. Cause again, it's going to help other people out anyway, right. By getting them more open shots. So that's, I wanted to get mad about that. And I did. And now I feel better. I feel like I've gotten all my cortisol levels have now gone down a little bit, but that just, that really pissed me <laughs> off. The roster has not been maximized by Damian Lillard. Come on. That, that's, that's such a wild take. I, I, the one, look, we, ha- we I sat agree with nearly it wholeheartedly. We, we sat <laughs> nearly, is my mic not working all of a sudden? No, no, you're good. Okay, also, cool. uh, fuck, fuck Zoom, but uh, yeah, wrap your point up and then we'll do like a music thing and like we did it on purpose, but we totally didn't. <laughs> it's just a wild take. Like the, the idea that this roster under Neil O'Shea for the last near decade was optimized in any way. He wasn't making moves. He wasn't taking swings to optimize the roster. He was t- making moves to sell the fans on the minimum amount so he could keep his job security. And now under Cronin, we are starting to make moves and you're seeing the difference. This is the best squad that has been built around Dame since the LaMarcus Aldridge era. And honestly, there's a lot, there's a fair argument that, Considering we're probably going to add something, hopefully at some point this off season before the deadline or this off season, it's we're going to be, we're going to be looking at the best, the best squad Dame has had around him in his career. And it's, it's sad that it's taken this long. God, I hope so. I just, and like, it's no shade on Cronin. He inherited a rough situation, but as of right now, and I also love Anthony Simons, you're not going to maximize a player with the talents that Damian Lillard has with a player like the talents of Anthony Simons, that just doesn't, doesn't work. I mean, I've, I name one team in the history of the NBA that has gotten to the top of the top with their two best players being guards who are not particularly good at defense. It doesn't happen. Wow. Wow. There, there's that, zero. That was, that, was an e- that was an easy answer until you added in that last stupid caveat about guards or being good on defense. You son of well, a yeah, bitch. Clay Thompson is an all NBA <laughs> yeah, defender. Exactly. And Steph is like the most underrated point guard defender, maybe of all time, but um, well, take a brief break. I'll go for it. No, no, no. I was going to say, this is we'll sponsored back. by fuck zoom. <laughs> fuck zoom. Get yours uh, today. <laughs> Fuck soon. Get yours today. We'll be right back. And that was a, that was a musical break brought to you by Fuck Zoom. Fuck Zoom. Get it wherever Zoom fucks you. Fuck Zoom. <laughs> As we're using Zoom, but real, I mean, come on. Like I, you know how much I paid Zoom for? Like I don't know, like eighteen months. And how often did I really use it? Like not super often. Like they 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 got their money's worth out of me. The least they could do is give me more than forty minutes. Whatever, that's okay. Hey, that's, all, all, that's all not capitalism, say, sir. I'm just going to assume we have passed the thirty day mark for for Ryan's uh, Ryan's challenge for me. And I'm just going to throw this out there. If you guys are tired of Zoom, come and join the Trailcaster Discord, motherfuckers. Because Brandon's on there. Ryan's going to be on there soon enough. And you guys can use <laughs> define that for soon it, enough. You can use it for recording. It, the The bots on there will handle the job for you. You can split the tracks. You can do it. It makes it easier. No 40-minute limit. That is some garbage. Fuck Zoom. Come and join the Trailcaster Discord, Ryan. Also, if you're really missing me on Twitter, which you're definitely not, but if you are, because I'm not there anymore, definitely find me on the Trailcasters Discord, because at least you get to talk ways with people. It's cool. Yeah, you should. It's fun. You, sh- you should join. I'm not speaking to anyone in particular, Ryan, but you should definitely. <laughs> Ryan, really? <laughs> this point in time, this is just a purpose pitch of pride. I've dug my heels in. I can't. I, can tell. I, I can't surrender. 
Hey, look, man, you, you're saying you, you, your words on this pod, sir, where if I didn't bug you for 30 days, you'd get on there. And I, I'm telling you, we are past the 30 day mark at this point. I'm just assuming we are. I don't know for sure. I didn't do the count all the way, but I'm pretty sure you definitely are. Days. It's I, yeah, I, I was going to say, I am straight up fingers crossed that this is day 29. <laughs> I expect to see you on there soon. Relatively, whatever. Soon <sighs> means. All right. I'll try to figure out this newfangled technology called discord. It's, it's better. not that it's hard, man. Anyway, okay, really well, We'll leave you alone. We'll, we, we'll we love you. We'll, we'll leave you alone. There. Where are we going next? <laughs> all right. Well, so in all in all of Dame's brilliance and everything that that we've seen, I mean, like uh, the Blazers have had a maddeningly inconsistent stretch. I mean, they lost five in a row. They had two wins sandwiched in there against you know the Mavericks and whatnot. But it's just been like this inability to close games. Uh, the the Orlando game has finally been dethroned as the worst loss of the season oh. when the Blazers historically had the best second quarter or best quarter in any quarter in trailblazers history with uh, a plus 32 point margin against the Lakers and then proceeded to just piss it and dribble it all down their leg and lost that game. Uh, I think at that point in time, when uh, that comeback was happening, uh, my tweets just evolved into, I kind of want them to lose this. Cause I just want to see how deep and dark blazers Twitter can get. You like, <laughs> and I stayed out of the comments that way. I just did all the doom scrolling on that one. But so in all of this, everyone is now trying, trying to figure out what's wrong with the team. Why is this team not, not living up to expectations? And for me, it, I, I kind of harken back to like, did nobody listen to Cronin at the beginning of the season? Like uh-huh. the, the expectations like we're to, Hey, hopefully we can make the playoffs, but we got to see what we got. You know, this we're still, you know, this is a little bit of a tear down, you know, retooling, not a rebuild. I hate the fucking branding on that kind of talk, but still, you know, we need to see what we have, what works, what doesn't, and how we can tweak this moving forward. And hopefully, you know, we can get connected and, and be a decent team is basically what it was. And then they started 10 and four and we started playing in the parade route. And here we are. The, the, the so, 10 and four was the issue. Yeah. I maintain, I've said it numerous times. Worst thing the team did this season was start 10 and four, because if they would have started four and 10, the things that Cronin had just said about expectations. And after the preseason that we saw him have, we would have been like, Oh, okay. And if they would have fought back from four and 10 to get to, you know, this record they have like now, the same record. Yeah. 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 There, there would not be as much. And I do understand there is a whole, Oh my God, we're wasting games timeline. Like, why are we, you know, basically going to punt another year, but I, I, have I've said this before. I don't think 32 in the NBA today is what 32 in the NBA was in the early nineties. Everybody is invested so much in their health and their body. And there's so much more studies done and training and all this crap that teams do. You know, you're, you're LeBron James is still great. The man's 38 freaking years old. You know, and you know, he famously, I think it says like spends a million dollars a year just on his body. That's the world that athletes are living in. So yes, Dame is, you know, no longer quote unquote in his prime, but I don't think like we're going to see this massive drop off if we don't win the championship this year or next year. But what, what are your guys' thoughts and what, what have you seen so far in kind of this little bit of a funk that the team's on? If, if I can just throw in real quick, you, you mentioned the prime. We talked earlier too. Dame's putting up the best numbers of his career right now. 30.1, I think, yeah, 30.1 points per game on 67% true shooting at 32 years old. Like, he was averaging 25.6 points in the first half of games for like a week <laughs> and a half. It's insane, man. It is, it's just different level at this point. The, the, the league has evolved. I mean, like I, I get into this conversation, if I can just maybe toss a grenade that we are going to walk away from all the, all the goat debates, uh, all the MJ versus LeBron stuff. It's, it's foolish. It is foolhardy to act like MJ is the greatest of all time at this point, because the game evolves Like to act like MJ is the best is to, to deny the evolution of the sport. That's just not how things work. And we're seeing that with Dame. Yeah. And we're seeing that with LeBron. You just, you don't have guys this good at this age, 10 or 20 years ago when they're playing plumbers and all that kind of, you know, silly <laughs> jargon, to be fair, that's not, that's not what goat means. Doesn't mean like the quant, like if you put every player from every era in a room. Yes. Players from this era would destroy older players. But I don't, I think it's, isn't go relative to era. That has got to be part of it. I think that's part hey, of it. 
Isn't that right? It, sh- it should be, but if you're looking for logic and sports discourse, you're not going to find it. <laughs> well, well, yeah, defining goat is definitely part of the issue here. Defining exactly what goat means, but the, again, this—that's a whole other podcast in itself, guys. We'll be here all night if we get down that road. Like, I mean, if we think George Mikan is making an NBA roster today, he's not. Spoiler alert! Like, he's just not. But like, what? yes, okay. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, we get it. Um, I don't know. Like, I yes, like. I don't think the worst thing to happen to the team was that they started well. I don't think that's what it was. I think it's that they're extremely inconsistent and the things that they, they put into place in the beginning of the year got figured out. I think the problem is that Chauncey Billups is a new coach. I think that's the problem. That's part of the problem. And then part of the problem is that the roster's flawed. So it's like, the th- like, yes, it was some emotional whiplash for people like me. They were playing above their heads. I was definitely drinking the Kool-Aid of like, Whoa, this team is better than I thought they'd be. This is great. Yes. Okay. Fine. Shame on me. I think the good news with this is that Joe Cronin, as y'all have already said, but I mean, he was very consistent in his messaging over the summer. We ain't done. We're not going to be done after this year even. And so like the, 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 the premise of all of this is that Damian Lillard is good enough to lead a very good team. And if that's true, then you have some time. And again, luckily, like a 60 point performance proves like there is some time with that. And to me, that's all that matters. Now the question can Cronin actually do what needs to be done to put a roster around Dame. And again, I love you, Mike Richmond, Nate Duncan, but no, his roster has not been maximized around him. Like I, I honestly, Ever. okay. I'm going back to this. I'm still upset about that. Oh I got, God. but I got, it doesn't, go. it doesn't show. Don't worry. It doesn't. Yeah. So <laughs> God. I'm definitely very good at controlling my emotions. I talk about the Blazers, but, um, so I, I don't know, like to me, like, I'm going to, I'm going to say one more thing and then shut up. Part of me is like, I guess it's good that they've been bad and inconsistent because then the original premise of Cronin's plan is still applicable, right? That he still feels the pressure to make the move that we all kind of realize need to be made that like, if the Blazers were still playing above their heads, maybe it's like, well, we'll just let it ride. And then it's like, uh, like what's right. Like the, the team is just not any better. So I don't know. Maybe it's a good thing. Question mark. No, yeah. I, I think, I think it absolutely is a good thing that we are struggling because people need to remember, like you pointed out, Ryan, we entered this season with the idea that this was a two to three year kind of retool, not a rebuild. We're not blowing the team up. It's not going from ground zero, but you're retooling around Dame. And this was never going to be a one year project last season was a historical tanking job, not just tanking, but we tanked to levels that had not previously been seen in the NBA. And you don't, you, yeah. no one, no one ever is going to go from that bad to suddenly second or third round of the playoffs in one run. You would expect that from as bad as we were last season, that this year we'd be in the play in or we'd be barely sneaking into the playoffs. So the idea that we are going to probably be yeah, in the play in. People weren't playing though. Play-in. Let's be, let's be fair. Like the tank wasn't just like the team sucked. It was like a lot of people weren't playing slash injured. Just, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, no, I, you, yeah, you're, you're not wrong at all. The, the, the I, I think just people, I didn't mean to shit on your, no, 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 no you're fine. <laughs> I, I'm just saying people's expectations from, from the, from that early season run really got high. People really started to kind of, you know, drink the Kool-Aid and that's okay. As fans, that's what we're supposed to do. You're not supposed to look at your team going 10 and yeah, four. Yeah. Validate like, my feelings. Well, I'm so sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Like I'm, I'm doing the same thing. Even as a guy who's saying last year was historically bad this year, we shouldn't expect too much. We should expect two or three years from now. I was so stoked when you get 10 wins out of the first 14 games. I was like, yeah, baby, let's go top four C let's do this. Yeah. That's what you should be looking for as fans. When it starts to kind of tail off, look at, like you said, Ryan, we have a very fresh coach. Yeah. It's a, yeah. He's in his second year, but the first half of last year versus the second half of last year versus this season are very different teams that he's been coaching going into this season. Dame his team, the minutes he'd played with his teammates outside of Simons and Nurk zero. He barely played. He played like Anthony Simons, only about a third of his minutes total in his career before the season. He played next to Dame Lillard. That's how fresh this roster is with a fresh coach and with fresh GM ideas. This was never going to be in his fix. 
Real quick, and that's the kind of thing, you know, Billups, uh, he, he definitely stepped in it. I think it was after the Lakers game in his post game when he gave the, the comment and he said, you know, this team lacks experience. And, oh, my God, that was just, you know, you want to talk about throwing a grenade and walking away. That that was it. Because <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, what are you talking about? Like, lack of experience. Like, you know, these are all, here's how long all these guys have played in the NBA. And, okay, that's great. Those guys have played. I'm taking it lack of experience as, like, exactly what you just said, Keith. Like, he's he's – Dame at the core of this team has not played together out outside of these minutes in this year. And you see that, that kind of inexperience in all these stupid, silly turnovers, the random freaking mistakes, you know, it, it, everybody thinks that it's just so simple that because you're a highly paid professional athlete that you can plug and play your spot in any team throughout a league without there being a learning curve to figure out what guys are good at, what, what guys' tendencies are. When the game starts coming so, so effortlessly to, yes, uh, uh, I will get to you, Mr. Goldner, in the back. <laughs> but when the game starts coming so effortlessly, you know, when you look at teams like Golden State, where their core is played together for so long, those guys could play a game of basketball blindfolded and know exactly where everybody's going to be at every time. Know what you the know, tendencies are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, you they know where, I mean, we make fun of Jeremy Grant for having his high catch and shoot three, but Love you know, ev everybody, everybody knows where a guy wants to catch the ball, where he shoots best from it. Wait, you know, to fun of that? That. Uh, yeah. I love make I love making fun of it. It's the ugliest, most beautiful oh, shot I've ever seen. I, I didn't realize Ugly. you were everybody. That's my dad. <laughs> I have a very high uh, self self worth. So, so, so I he I hear what we all are saying about Chauncey Billups is a relatively new coach, and that he deserves some time with the actual roster. And you know, maybe it's okay that they're underperforming slightly to their talent level. But guess what, fellas? You ever heard of the Boston Celtics? You ever heard oh of the God. Utah I was Jazz? For this comparison. Do you know the combined age of Joe Missoula and Will Hardy? 69. Nice, because Joe Missoula nice. is 34 <laughs> years old. And both of those teams are exceeding expectations. And we're going to sit here and give Chauncey Billups a pass? I think not. So, like, but I don't, I don't know how fully I actually believe what I just said, but like that, but, but there are, there are coaches. The point being there are coaches in the NBA who have very little experience who are years younger than us and who are finding relatively more success with their team relative to their talent level. than Chauncey Billups is, is that not kind of a problem when you have limited time to take advantage of Damian Lillard's waning prime can you define what, uh, uh, what more success is? Because if you, you, you want to look at the records in the West, you know, Portland's sitting here down at uh 12th right now. Uh, that is a grand total of two and a half games out of fourth place. Like the you West were the one that just... called the question about how inconsistent they are. I'm only answering what you asked us to answer. <laughs> I, I know, but then I'm sitting here and I'm looking at it and they're half a game behind Utah. So I'm just, when, when you I, say they're I, having I, better success, but you, you're yeah. that half a game is doing a lot of heavy lifting in your statement there, but <laughs> <laughs> that, that's fair. But okay. But to your point, like what is one of the hallmarks of a good team consistency what did you open this segment with the word inconsistency? Hmm. Like I, I you know, I, so how much of that's on Chauncey Billups? How much is that the roster? I don't know, but I, I mean, he, he could be doing better. I mean, I, is anyone going to sit here and say that there's even one other team, one other team in the NBA who would prefer to have Chauncey Billups even name one team who'd be like, I'd rather have Chauncey Billups as my coach. Name it. I mean, I, I could probably think of like, I, yeah, I'm looking at a list and I'm just trying to think of everybody's coaches. So yeah, so the you've got a list in front of you ahead of, of me right silence. now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like you could probably look at some teams. I, again, I, this is not a, a surefire bet because I'm not looking at lists like Ryan is, but teams like Charlotte team, some of, some of these teams that are middling that have no real hope. Maybe for Atlanta. Ability. Maybe Atlanta is the one Atlanta that comes to mind too. With Nate Shots McMillan, and maybe another former Blazers coach over there. Yeah. Right. Uh, and part of that, I think is Trey Young's problem, but whatever, like, but yeah. Well, is, let me just point out something else too here that we brought up on trailcasters in the past and more so last year than this season, but last year, the Boston Celtics, right? How good they looked. They were right on pace with the Blazers last season, up through about 41, 42 games, like up till January, up till about that trade deadline mark. They January were 21st team. is when they turned it around. I yes, believe is you. the date. They they were not a good team before January 21st, though. And and then after that, things clicked. The the defensive schemes that Adoka had been 
the, the try that again. My, my, I've still got a little bit of brain fog going from COVID the last week. It has kicked my ass, bro. Uh, but you're fine. It's all fuck zoom. That's really <laughs> whose problem it is. <laughs> the, the defense schemes found wherever zoom fucks you. Fuck zoom. <laughs> the defensive schemes that Adoka brought last season to Boston, they didn't really click in until about halfway through the year, right after that January 21st mark. We saw Billups bring some really good basic kind of foundation of defense. We had some hope earlier in the season that seemed to be working. Then, like you said, Ryan, other teams started to figure that out. It's not impossible that eventually somewhere in here in the near future, something could click with these guys. Maybe as we're doing this, these giant homestands, we have much more, we have a very home favorable schedule for the rest of the season, right? It's entirely possible that someone could click and these guys start to maybe just get a little bit better. I'm not saying they're going to run like Boston did last season, but if we finish the year on, let's say, you know, uh, 20, 25 and 15 or something like that out of the final 40 games or whatever, that wouldn't be, uh, world breaking, but it certainly would start to maybe skew the perspective on, on what Billups is bringing to the table. Would it not? Correct. And, and I think something, something else that we've seen is, you know, Billups, the kind of offense that he kind of started the season with, with the team playing, uh, he very much went away from uh, being a a pick and roll heavy offense with Dame. And I think a lot of that was, you know, in the playoffs, we've, we've always said like, oh, well, if you shut down Dame, there you go, job done nobody else on the team is going to lift it. So I think he was kind of trying to instill more of a playoff friendly offense. And, you know, he's, he's just now trying starting to kind of find that, that happy medium, that happy balance of like utilizing Dame as the best pick and roll point guard uh, in a generation. And without that being the entirety of the offense in and of itself. So, I mean, there he's obviously still learning. He he's, he's taken some and Brandon, your favorite word accountability <laughs> in some of his things and saying like, Hey, the blame it's it, the, the, I share a lot of it in this blame too, but, you know, I, I did appreciate seeing that. And Dame even appreciated it. And Dame called that out saying, I like when our coaching staff shares that, you know, with, yeah, I, I appreciated it. And, and to be clear, like <clears throat> if I'm being really, really honest with myself, and I take off my hot take cap. Um, I think the difference between the Celtics and the Blazers is roster construction. I mean, when you have two wing sized, relatively plus defenders who are also really good at scoring, that's a great starting point, And the Blazers don't have that. Right. So it's like, yep, and yep. as for as, as amazing as Damien is, which means that the roster around Dame does have to be, I mean, you have fewer options building around a point guard who is not great at defense than you do with a wing size player who is good at defense, like no shit. So, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't put that what? all on Chauncey Billups. I guess, I guess where I, maybe I go with this honestly is like, is there anything about Chauncey Billups's coaching that we're like, Oh, that's, I like that. And I would keep that and keep doing it. Cause I, I mean, Ryan, you said like, he's willing his to quarter, his quarter zip games. Solid. <laughs> okay. His quarter zip <laughs> game is solid. That is a rigging. It looks like it looks like he gives some great high fives when guys are coming off the court. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, well, I could say, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I, I was just going to chime in here. I, I don't, I'm not sold that his schemes are that bad. I just think like we've said, execution uh, sucks. Is, the execution <laughs> sucks, but Ryan, like you said as well, I think for a while he was kind of trying to plan for like, okay, here's what we're going to need down the road when we get to the postseason. And he kind of forgot about what, what maybe comes before then. It, it's probably a little tougher to coach, obviously uh, too, as far as, you know, trying to coach the, the, the mid season stuff, changing up your opponents uh, on a nightly basis versus having like the, the series and kind of maybe going more on what you can rely on and, and making changes to that. Yeah. The amount of game planning that people think happens on a nightly basis in the NBA yeah. for ever changing opponents is just yeah. what actually happens and what they think happens are two different things. Nobody cares who the actual team is. They're just like, Oh, that one good guy, maybe we should slow him down. And everything else is just vanilla after that. Especially, like I said before, when your schedule has been somewhat road dominant, like we've had more games, we, we've had a, a significant more games away and the guys have been kind of stretched out on the road where you're not practicing. You're not getting the same kind of run in, in between games as you would be now that they're maybe a little more at home and can kind of focus in on some of this stuff. Sleeping in their own bed, come in fresh versus like having to travel on your off hours and the rest. <clears throat> well, okay. So one more thing on Billups or maybe more than one, but like, 
we heard some quotes from Nikola Jokic. I forget when he said it, but it was about the Terry Stotts Blazers. It, it, it wasn't. Was, it, it wasn't like in a post game. It was he did an interview uh, over in his home country or for a home. Oh, that's right. And it was like translated. And that's yeah. And it, it just so happened it was like maybe a couple days before they were going to be playing the Blazers right next. Play. So yeah. Imagine being the absolute deranged NBA fan who's like translating. <laughs> from a different language into English just so you can parse out. But like basically what well, he said, you call was, me deranged, sir. I, I enjoyed every second of that. It was just, yeah, yeah you're, you're <laughs> sitting there Duolingo and Google translate trying to figure it out. But basically cool. Jokic, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Jokic said something along the lines of, Oh yeah. When we play Portland, we, we know what, we're, what they're going to do. We know what they're right. going to do. We're familiar with it. Like it's not very predictable or it's, 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 it's very predictable. And so, yeah, it's great. Like we know we can beat them. And the thing but that concerns he, he was referencing uh, that on, at least from under the Terry Stotts era. He said under, Terry, it, under ter- Terry Stotts. So yes, the, the Terry Stotts Blazers, I knew what we knew what we were going to see anytime we played him. Very true. So here's the problem with Phillips. What Terry Stotts did was simple. It was very effective, right? Like it was, it was hard. It was not very complicated and it was difficult to fuck up. And therefore whatever impact Terry Stotts is pretty simplistic at the end, especially those simplistic systems, you knew what ceiling they were going to reach consistently and people couldn't really do shit about it to a certain extent. The problem with Billups is that he tried something, wanted to instill something new, couldn't really do it last year because of the roster and the Blazers started out super hot this year. And then guess what? They got figured out. So the whole thing that was supposed to be novel and new and interesting became predictable almost instantly. And then what happened? <laughs> Did he have anywhere else to pivot? So this is the, this is the problem is that like Chauncey hey, pivoting Phillips, back to using the best pick and roll point guard of a generation. Ain't a bad pivot. I'm just going to say not a bad pivot, but like, oh, that's what we so. wanted to get away from. Wasn't it? It was so predictable, but it was so predictable that people figured it out within like 10 games. So my problem with Chauncey Billups and yes, 14, he has a, sir. Oh, fair enough. Is, <laughs> is that is like whether it's the people around him, whether it's his own knowledge, whether it's that he like he he hasn't demonstrated that he is, you know, able to adapt at a level to make his team successful the way he wants to make it. Maybe, maybe that's just effort. Maybe it's the roster. Maybe I don't think so. Like we saw it work for a second, and then guess what? It got figured out. That's the problem that I have with it. So moving forward, uh, I mean, because we're about two weeks away from the uh, the trade deadline. Um, How are we running out of time again? Fuck Zoom. Sorry. <laughs> it's only the 10 minute warning. I can't but, believe uh, it. Anyway, so two weeks away from the trade deadline, you know, uh, one thing that's kind of been a little that I've taken as promising is you've seen some rumblings of like, would the Blazers trade Nurk? Would the Blazers trade Ant? And it doesn't seem like all of the normal pushback that we would get around trading certain people <laughs> is being fed out through media members. So like here, here's my stupid question for you guys. Uh, are, are Ant and or Nurk still on, on the uh, um, team after the trade deadline? I, after the trade deadline, I think they're both still here to be totally honest. I think uh, there would be more likelihood that uh, Penny Simons, excuse me, I'm just going to stick with my little campaign, my nickname campaign here. I think that uh, Penny Simons would be more likely to be traded before the deadline. The most likely to be traded before the deadline, in my opinion, is going to be Josh Hart. Yeah, that's sad to me. I agree. I, I want Josh Hart on this team long term. I love the dude. He's fantastic. Other than his decision, <laughs> but he's to dock his dog's ears. Yeah. Yes. Uh, other than what he's doing with his dogs at home and, and ignoring all the pushback from Portland fans who want their dogs uh, to be a little more respected. I think Josh Hart's a great player. I love what he does for this team. The transition offense is critical for what has changed for us this season and pulling the folks away from Dame. Yeah. But beyond the, the, the issue with Josh Hart is his contract situation. And it's just going to be hard to resign him here. It's going to be hard to convince him to take uh, a contract here versus maybe more money from other teams who are looking Where it at doesn't like rain a, so a much. Deep- <laughs> yeah. Well, I, like, I'm not even concerned about his social media stuff, man. He gets on there. He talks about the rain. He talks about uh, a number of different things. He's a great Twitter follow to be totally honest, but <laughs> I just think his contract situation puts him in a spot where he is. He's just going to be hard for us to hold on to. And if he's going to be hard for us to hold him to, it's better to get some value for him at the deadline than not beyond him though, with the guys you brought up Nurk and Simons, I understand the fans are frustrated with Nurk's consistency. What? I, I think nonsense. I think replacing <laughs> despite the inconsistency, I think replacing Nurk with something of better value 
pretty much impossible at this yeah, point. He's still the, in the top 10 center in the league. league. Yeah, the top 10 or you look, I mean, some people want to say top 15 still, even at the top 15, the only guys that you're looking at that would be available. To he's really a, he's an average center. He's an That's average. He's, he's an average, average and, which is great. That's fine. In a league, in a league where the league is moving smaller and away from the big traditional centers, the big body centers like that, and more and more centers are kind of small, bouncing. And you can't rely on him. Before. That's his. That's the problem with it. He honestly, yeah. he's he. he the, he's, yeah. Center. I, I'm just saying, centers in general are becoming more of a role player situation than a centerpiece situation uh, than than they used to be, at least. And I I do think though, Pun? if you try to if, if you try to get smaller away from Nurk, you're just gonna have a hard time with guys like Embiid, guys like Jokic, and the rest. Obviously. Nurk didn't really represent himself well against either of those recently in the last couple of games, but it doesn't change that he is a piece for us. That is hard for other teams to match up with when he's playing well, when he's not playing well, we have other weapons and there's a pretty strong correlation this season of when Nurk plays well, the Blazers play well. The, the team wins when he's doing well, when he's not doing well, it's a little bit more of a crapshoot in the rest. And he's not going to be a matchup for every, for every opponent. But I just don't think there's someone out there that you can, you can't drop Nurk and bring someone back in who is going to give you the same value without spending a whole lot more money. And the money is a tight situation for the team. Anthony Simons, on the other hand, fans are high on this dude talking about his potential, his ceiling and his future. I am adamant. He is not a Dame light. He's never going to be a playmaker. He's never going to be no. a defender. He's never going to be a proper fit next to Dame. And to be totally honest, the expectations for Simons, he should be looked at more. I, I, someone asked me just the other day on discord, come and join the discord, Ryan. Someone asked me just the other day, uh, what's a good comp for, for Simons. Is it like a clay Thompson? It's like, no dude, not only is he smaller than what clay the Thompson, fuck? but he's Who never said that. Of, never mind. Never mind. Don't call he's him. Never played a de- he's never played a day of clay defense Thompson. in his life. A much better comparison to the ceiling of what every Simons could be would be Bradley Beal. He's a shooter. He's not a playmaker. He's not a defender. And in that sense, and would Bradley Beal fit next to name? No. Like, I mean, Maybe, he's better. I, I, so you look, I mean, uh, if, if they Simon's need to trade Anthony Simons, I'm just look, let's cut the shit, Keith. They need to trade Anthony <laughs> Simons. That's what needs to yes, happen. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I agree. Exactly. And, and uh, all I'm trying to get to the expectations, people have all these high expectations for Simons and low expectations for Nurk. Those got to be a lot closer because Simons is not consistent either. He has good games and he has horrible games. We have lost games because Anthony, we have lost games because Anthony Simons scores like four points or 14 points as opposed to the 20 plus we expect from him. Mm-hmm. If you put those same expectations on Nurk, I think, I, th- I think it looks a lot more balanced and I just, we're getting to a spot with Simons where he is undeniably the weak point. If we are continuing to build around Dame yet at the same time, his trade value hit the asset, just because of the contract he has, just because of what he could do for other teams, he could bring us so much more than Nurk could in a trade. So the, I understand that fans are pissed at Nurk and, and visibly the eye test really says, Hey, this guy's messed up underneath the rim. What an easy shot that should have been. If you only dunked it, that's just, it's just not that simple guys. Uh, the, the bottom line is that Simon's you could fill Simon's spot with a handful of guards that could score 20 plus points. Maybe they're not at 20, but they're going to bring defense. They're going to be bring playmaking or something else that kind of makes up for those few points. Nurkic if you don't have them on the roster, there are just going to be teams that we don't have a good chance against because they we're just outmatched by them. Yep. Well, we'll leave it there because fuck zoom is trying to kick us off. Oh, sorry. Guys. Wait, uh, I didn't mean to talk you out the, it's let's fine. I will say last little note, uh, all-star starters were, uh, were announced tonight. So out in the West, we have Doncic, Curry, William, or uh, Zion Williamson, LeBron James, and Nikola Jokic. No surprise there. Uh, there is a surprise though, because uh, Doncic just tonight in his game against the sun suffered a, a uh, high ankle sprain uh, with the severity unknown. So uh, he may be out for an extended period of time. And Hey, think Dame will get an injury replacement name to a starter. Maybe. I mean, I, I honestly like I, I've heard <laughs> some podcasts say that he's like on the bubble to make the all-star team. Pardon? What? Like there, there he's made he's made way too many all-star teams. He's yeah, way he's too got legacy connections at this point. He's such a lock to make the team. And and, and yes, like I, I think it would be a nice nod to his entire career that he has never he's has he been a starter? I don't think he has, right? He's never been named no. a starter as a replacement. Nope. I no. think it would be a nice nod to his entire career and also like what he's meant to the NBA and he's a global icon and he's having a really good season, maybe the best of his career. He just had the 60 point game. Like I, I would, 
as the kids say, you'd love to see it. It would be great. I don't think it's totally unreasonable that that could potentially happen. You know what fans and media both love even more than, than the career thing and kind of giving him that kind of grandfathered in legacy connection, recency bias. And watching Dame oh, score yeah. 60 the night on efficiency, that's going to be valuable. Right before the all-star voting gets in, if people haven't put in their vote, their final votes yet, getting the, that game that Dame just had, especially if he if we're if the if the Blazers are starting to improve, that's going to be valuable. I I would love to see Dame get that starter spot. I don't want to hold my breath that it's going to happen because we're in Portland and nice things Portland. don't happen. <laughs> <laughs> but he absolutely deserves it without a question. All right. Keith, thank you for joining us. Guys. Love you both. Thank you for letting me come on here. Anytime, anytime you want Wait, to talk to you, I'll come and take up all of your Zoom it? time. <laughs> to, where can we find your stuff? And where can we find your Discord that Ryan's definitely going to join? <laughs> That's a great question, Brandon. You can find our stuff at Trailcasters. We are on all of the Spotify, Apple Music, all the rest of that kind of thing. Uh, we're on Twitter and everything as well. You can email us at trailcasters.com. Uh, at trailcasters at gmail.com, but mostly if you want to interact with us and a handful of other podcasts, such as we like the blazers, such as Holy Backworthy mentioned before, the Blazers What Pod, Unbiased Pod, Busted Bucket, all these dudes, come and join our Trailcasters Discord. It is a upgraded, uh even more evolved version of social media than Reddit or Twitter and us. Don't you want you're you're tired of the toxicity of the Blazers subreddit on 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 Reddit. You're tired of the toxicity toxicity in general on Twitter. We got I don't want to say none of that. We got maybe 5% less of that on the discord. We still got some toxicity, but we got lots of channels in different rooms. So if you don't want to deal with it, you can come over to this side and deal with just positive fans. Ryan currently Willett, witty free, currently witty free, <laughs> but not much longer. It is going to be a better place when witty gets on there. And, and he, oh God, no one's ever said that <laughs> Ryan put out the challenge that if I didn't bug him for so long, that he'd be on the discord and I'm going to hold you to that motherfucker. You're going to get on there with us. And I can't wait to see you. I'm going to, I'm going to be, we're going to have a red carpet rolled out for you. As soon as you join, God, I'm you know what's not that. witty free? We like the blazers.com or we like the blazers gmail.com or just like the blazers on Twitter. I'm Brandon, that's Ryan, that's Keith. We appreciate you. And until next time, go blazers! Go, go blazers! blazers. dropping like multiple f-bombs sorry about that <laughs> this is what happens when you have me like late night on a pod <laughs>